Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the Busy Mom Podcast. Today is Meet My Friend Friday. And as promised, my friend Trisha Goyer is here on the show with me today. Trisha and I are going to be talking a lot about foster care and adoption, which is something that is really on my heart as it's a passion of the church that my husband and I attend in Camas. So if you've been thinking about adoption or you're wondering about what God says about it, stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So I was just talking to Trisha before we came on the show. A couple of things. Uh, I am podcasting today from St. Augustine, Florida. Jay and I finished up speaking at the Teach Some Diligently convention in Myrtle Beach. And I just wanted to say thank you to so many of you who are podcast listeners who came up and introduced yourselves and got to uh, let me hug your neck a little bit. I love that. I love listening uh, to the stories of your lives and what's uh, what God is doing through the ministry of the podcast. So I appreciate meeting you. I especially love it when you tell me that you listen in the shower. That's like my favorite thing. So <laughs> I love that. So we are heading uh, this weekend. Actually, I'm going to be there today at FPEA, the Florida Parent Educators Association in Orlando at the Gaylord. It is not too late. You can register at the door. I'll be speaking there all weekend starting uh, today. So come on out and I'd love to meet you and hear what God's doing in your life. All right. Without further ado, I want to introduce my friend Trisha to you today because you guys are going to be really encouraged. Trisha encourages me every time I see her. Uh, I was privileged to meet her several years ago. We have a mutual friend. She lives in Little Rock, Arkansas with her children and she has raised and homeschooled three kids to adulthood. But then uh, the Lord got a hold of her heart and uh, asked her to do something she didn't, as far as I know, she wasn't expecting to do. Trisha is an incredibly prolific author. Every time I meet her, I'm just like, okay, girl, how you crank out those books? Because <laughs> I really want to know. Uh, she's she's a novelist. She has written. Anyway, I'm going to let her tell you all about her and her husband, John. So uh, Trisha, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm ready to take a nap after just hearing your description of me. I think I need one. <laughs> well, because you do need, well, you do need a nap because how many books have you written, woman? Um, 71. Holy moly. Yeah, I've done seven. <laughs> <laughs> for a while, I was writing four <laughs> and five books a year. And then, yeah, we adopted seven kids, which I know we'll be talking about today. And now I'm down to, I'm writing one this year, <laughs> which is like normal pace. But for a while, I was just, I was cranking them out. That's amazing. Well, it's amazing. So you have, so you have what, what, seven, is that 10 children total that you have? Yes, yeah, so we have 10. So three are adults, adopted seven. Wow. Okay. So there's so, there's so many things that um, I want to talk to you. Well, first of all, I, I just, I love you. I love your heart. I love your books. I love, I love what you're demonstrating because really you're showing people, this is what it means to be the church. This is what it means to walk it out, which is you and I were talking about this. I'm starting to feel like I have some sort of funky amnesia going on because I thought for sure. I thought for sure I I had uh, already interviewed you on the show, but I think it's because we've talked on the phone and I've talked about you on my <laughs> show, but you've never actually, you've never actually been here. So this is a cry and shame. Obviously I'm having like early onset Alzheimer's or something, something's going on in my travel season. Uh, but I, I want to take just a second and talk about Walk It Out because I think it might be one of my favorite books that you have ever written. And because what it is, is you're really, you're talking about what it means to step out in obedience, which is really radical obedience, like listening to the voice of the Lord. Why did you, why did you write Walk It Out? And uh, what are you hoping that readers are going to take away from it? 
You know, really, it's a lot of our journey of when I sat down with God's word and I, you know, started a quiet time after I'd been a Christian a couple of years. So it was those times when I sat down with God's word and then something would stir in my heart. And first it was healing. I, I had an abortion when I was 15 and I carried that baggage. And so first God's word is just like forgiveness. I, I want you to accept my forgiveness. After that, um, I felt called to help start a crisis pregnancy center, you know, and all these times as I'm reading God's word, I'm hearing his voice saying, there's something for you to do. And, you know, I thought, okay, I'm writing books. I helped start a crisis pregnancy center. Like we're good, God, like I'm doing all the things. And then the more we were, I was reading <laughs> all the word, things, this is your new hashtag. Exactly. It's, you know, talking about caring for orphans and widows. And so John and I are like, okay, we'll adopt one baby, which we did. Um, but then we heard about the needs of kids in foster care. And here in Arkansas, there's 600 kids in foster care who their parents' rights have already been terminated and they just need a family to step up. And so uh, we adopted two from foster care um, in about five years ago. And then we adopted just two years ago, four girls from foster care. And so Walk It Out basically tells our journey of what it looks like when we just take God's word as it says, you know, care for the orphans and widows or uh, love those, you know, love your neighbor. What does that look like in a practical way? And so it's not only my story, but how to encourage others to do the same thing. All right. So one of the questions that I have on my mind, I know listeners are going to be wondering the same thing is, let's say that you, you've got, you can feel the Lord in your devotions and he's speaking to you through his word and you know that he's he's giving you a burden for adoption and for caring for foster kids. Did your husband have that same, was he feeling the same way at the same time that you did? Or was he like, uh, no woman, you're crazy? <laughs> um, basically the second one, no woman, you're crazy. <laughs> because when I first thought about it, um, our youngest was five. I had was just in the middle of starting this crisis pregnancy center. And I thought, I feel we should adopt. And he was like, we have a busy life. We have three kids. You're homeschooling. You're writing. You're doing this crisis pregnancy center. I just don't think we could take that on right now. And it really, it was me stepping back and saying, okay, if this, if we're not both on board, I'm not going to push this. And so right. really over the next seven years, I just prayed about it. And there, I brought it up maybe a couple more times um, and he wasn't interested. But then he came to me um, seven years later and said, you know what? I feel like we should, you know, our kids are older now. Things had settled down. Um, <laughs> I was doing the teen mom support group, but I wasn't doing the whole crisis pregnancy center. And he says, I think now's the time. And so really, I think that's so important. We, you both need to be on the same page. It's so hard. It's so much work. It is so challenging emotionally, spiritually, physically that you both need to be on board. And so really it was me waiting until God stirred his heart too. I love that. And I want to, I want to just point something out. I mean, you just, you just really quickly, uh, slid around this thing, but seven years, seven years. This is like, you know, uh, Jacob wanting to marry Rachel. And then Laban's like, yeah, thanks a lot. Seven more years. You know, seven years, a long time. It is a long time. Um, but it really, it wasn't like it was, uh, you know, a daily thing. It was God would stir my heart when I come upon a scripture verse again. And I would just write down my, I write down my prayers in my journal. And so I would just write it down again when the time is right. If the time is right, I totally trust you, God. And it didn't even look like we thought. Um, we actually applied for China uh, to adopt a baby girl from China. And right when we got our application in and spent all this money, they basically closed the door. So they went to uh. adopting out, you know, tens, 
thousand girls a year to 20 girls a year. And I remember the moment when uh, we got a letter from our adoption agency and we, we put like $5,000 into it. So it's, it's a lot of money. And they said, mm. you know, China changed the rules. We, you might be able to get a baby within four years, but we, we don't even know if that will happen. And I remember thinking, okay, I waited seven years. It took us another year to raise money to do all the paperwork. And now God, you're closing the door. And just, I, I got in bed and put the co- comforter over my head and cried for like a good mm. hour. Cause like I, I felt this call so strongly and I didn't understand. And so finally at the end, I just relinquished and said, God, here it is. I opened my hands and I was like, if you have a child for us, you know who and when and where and you make your way clear. And it was actually that very day. I ended up um, was driving my grandma to Walmart and get a, got a call from a, a lady I knew in town. And she knew a young woman who was facing a crisis pregnancy and had told her about us because I had mentioned our adoption stuff. I had asked for prayer at a church group and uh, told her about us. And this young woman had been watching me on Facebook for a month. <laughs> And uh, she ended up asking us to adopt her baby. I'm I'm so glad I didn't know because I'd been like baking cookies with the kids, you know, all this stuff. I didn't know. I was just living my life. Um, And then we ended up that. So two and a half months later, I had a baby. So, you know, God's plan is so completely different. And then when we moved to Arkansas, that's really when we heard about foster care and all the needs of kids in foster care. Their, Their parents' rights are already relinquished and they just need a family to open their home to them. Mm, it's such a powerful thing to do to really uh, this. I met a mom in Myrtle Beach this last weekend and she and her husband had, I, I want to say it's four or five biologicals and their kids were grown now. And the Lord called them. I think she's in her late forties and he's in his late fifties and they adopted five kids, two from Ethiopia and then a sibling group. So she's got two sets of identical uh, twins. And then a young, a young man who's in the middle of this, of this group. And it's an incredible, incredible story. And she was saying that they had lived so many years, her husband especially, just in fear of what it would do to their family and how would they, um, bring in children when they'd already raised some of their own children or maybe uh, they're in the middle of raising children. How can you bring in children who are hurting, who have been abandoned, um, who don't have maybe the set, the social skills uh, that, that, we think are sort of necessary for family life because they simply didn't have it. And so I know that um, that had to have been going through your mind. It had to have been going through uh, through John's mind. What do you tell parents when they say, man, I'm, I'm interested in doing this, but I'm, I don't know how I could possibly even teach a hurting child that God loves them and that Romans 8, 28 is really going to be true for them. Where do you start? Yeah, that's such a good question. So for John and I, we both had two different concerns. Um, his was financial because, you know, here we are welcoming all these kids. We had to get a bigger car. We had to get a bigger house. You know, yeah. we, it was, it's a big stretch. Um, and then mine was, okay, I'm going to be dealing with these kids from hard places. And I had read enough books and heard enough people <laughs> to know it wasn't going to be easy. And it wasn't uh, the first year with we, with the two and then with the four was, was hard. Um, and, but really, I had to show them the love of Christ, even when it was hard. And it's not like you immediately, like they walk into your home and you have the same love as you would have for your biological children when they're yelling at you, when they're right, being right. rude, all these things. And so really it was the daily getting on my knees before God. And it was tears. It wasn't like, oh, Jesus, I'm so glad I'm doing this. It's like, why did you call me to this at times? Yeah. Um, but them, him, him just saying, I have a plan for them. And I need you to be part of that. And it was, I turned to God more during those times than I ever had before. 
And it actually brought John and I together because like, okay, what are we going to do about this? How are we going to handle yeah, right. this situation? Where are we going to find help? It drew us together. And mm-hmm. when, when they first moved in, there was a lot of, this is our siblings. And, you know, I mean, they kind of stuck together, the sibling group, especially the four older girls who were teenagers. Mm-hmm. Um, but now they are so bonded and so connected. I was able to homeschool them, which I think was a huge thing of just, we had that time together. We had, you know, we spent an hour in God's word, reading scripture. We write out scripture, you know, we, they they never had that. I mean, they came from such hard places. Mm -hmm. Um, And so really it took me to discipline myself to just get before God on my knees to spend more time in the Bible with my kids than I ever had before. What turned out to be a hard thing has been such a blessing, not only for my kids, but for me, because I needed Jesus and they, and they saw that I need Jesus and they saw like, oh, I need that Jesus too, because I could see that he's really helping you even when we're being really mean to you right now. Right. How old are the one out older? Uh, so the age range in your house right now is what? Um, so seven to 18. And so our 18 year old just graduated last week from high school Aww. and now she's, she has a scholarship. She's going to a Christian college, which is only 45 minutes away. Um, we worked to get her ACT scores up. We worked to get her some scholarships and she's like, mom, I never would have been here. I mean, and we adopted her when she was 15 years old. And so there's a lot of teenagers out there that are, um, they, they had already started a plan for like teaching her things that she needed to do because she'd be aging out of foster care. And so she was already, I mean, basically they get nothing. They get like, you're done. You don't have a place to live. Sometimes they can get help with college, but they don't have any financial resources. Um, And so she was just didn't know what her future would hold. And now, you know, we were able to be with her and help her. And now she's going to college on a scholarship that covers over half her tuition. And, you know, was able to get her ACD scores up and she has a future and Mm. um, she loves Jesus. I mean, she's just totally I'm excited about what God has for her. And it's a totally different place than it was uh, two and a half years ago when she had no idea what her future held. And let's just, can we just be honest? I mean, you're talking about adopting a a 15 year old kid. That's the age that everybody freaks out about, right? That's the age that people are just like, oh, I don't know, you know, and look what God has done. It really has been the Lord. Yeah, it has been the Lord. And I think a lot of people are scared of teenagers, um, but we're also, scared of our own teenagers. Come on. Scared of our own teenagers. It's, it's, it's the same teen step. And sometimes, you know, cause I put, we found a great trauma therapist that really helped them. And sometimes I'd be talking about this issue. She's like, that's a normal teen, teen issue. Like that's nothing to do with trauma. That's hormones yeah. and teenager. Right. So. right. <laughs> that's so awesome. So for the, the parents who are listening to this, I know. Uh, that there are thousands and thousands of people who listen to this. And I'm sure that there's got to be some people going, man, I, I feel like the Lord's just tugging at my heart. Where do you tell a parent who's never had any experience with, with the adoption process? They don't know anything about foster care. What are some steps? What are some things that you would tell them? This is where you start. Yeah. Well, first, um, I know focus on the family and then the um, Christian Alliance for Orphans, which is CAFO. Both of them have resources, and I could send you the links, uh, Heidi, so you could put them in the show notes, where they can find more information about adoption for foster care. Also, your county, if you Google your county and foster care, they usually have introduction classes that you can go to. Um, and it's usually, sometimes there's a Christian organizations that put those on. Often it's just the uh, Department of Human Services that put those on, and they can just go and get information about it. 
find out about it. And then also, if you know someone who has adopted from foster care or just adopted, talk to them. Um, hear their hearts. And so many times people will say, yes, it's really hard, but it's so worth it. I mean, I have these kids that around the table at night. Our table is loud and boisterous and you know, <laughs> there's so much going on, but they're my kids. Like I can't imagine my life without them. I can't imagine... It just breaks my heart to think where they would be right now if we hadn't listened to God. And, you know, I remember just one month into our homeschool, when we started homeschooling, our 11-year-old accepted Christ. And I'm Uh. thinking, you know, where would she be if we weren't here sitting here doing devotions and talking about um, what it means to have a relationship with Jesus and how much he loves you and listen listen to what the Bible says? I mean, her life and, you know, her eternity is completely changed. Um, I've seen spiritual growth in all the kids we have adopted. And, you know, it's not only for this life and yeah, things are hard for this life. I, you know, I had an office, I had a library. Um, I was a writer. I was writing all these books, you know, traveling and speaking way more. I yeah. gave that up, but these kids have a family and they know yeah. about Jesus now, and I get to spend eternity with them. So it's just yeah. things in this earth that we're, we need to, we call them sacrifices, but you know, mm-hmm. to give up. really um, we have a, a chance to, point these kids to Jesus and show what really matters. Mm, I love that uh, you and I were talking a few minutes before we started recording that we were both listening uh, to Kathy Cook last week. I was listening. I was talking to her, but really I was just taking massive notes. And uh, I love that something something that stood out to me also stood out to you, which is, I think, good for any parent at any time, because I think so often we get into this thing of feeling like we got to be our kids' friend and not their Mm -hmm. parent. And she pointed out, that's just a beautiful thing that she encourages parents to say, which is, I love you too much to allow, you know, A, B or C or whatever to continue. And you said you've already been using that. Yeah. I used it yesterday. <laughs> yeah. One of my kids, why can you do this? I love you too much to let you make that choice right now. When you're a little older, you know, let's talk about this choice and let's read what God's word says about this choice. But I love you too much just to say yes right now. Oh, I love it. I love it, Trisha. It's just so encouraging to hear uh, what God is doing in your life. And um, I appreciate so much the example that you're setting for the rest of us to say, this is the church. This is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And it really, it's you living out the message of your book, Walk It Out. So if you guys haven't picked up Trisha's book, Walk It Out, it released uh, a little bit of a little while ago, but I'm telling you what, it's a game changer. It's called Walk It Out, The Radical Result of living God's word one step at a time. I have one other question for you, kind of a, it's really kind of a homeschool related question. I get this question all the time out on the road. I don't know why people ask me questions about foster care because I've never actually done it, but since I've got you on the line, I want to ask you, there are parents who are homeschooling their kids and they feel like if they bring a foster care child into their home, they they won't be able to homeschool them and it will create this sort of us versus them. And I know that you've been in that situation. What do you tell the homeschool parents whose kids are still actively homeschooling, they've still got, you know, young children at home, then they're, they're concerned about the finan- the family dynamic. What do you say to those families? Yeah, that's a good question. Well, some, in some cases you are able to homeschool in foster care. It's really up to the individual county. So I have a friend in Texas and they said that it was okay for her to homeschool while her kids were still in foster care. Um, for us, they wouldn't let us until the adoption was final. And it was a lot of work. I mean, I was homeschooling during the day and then homeschooling at night when I was helping the kids right, with homework because homework yeah. they were in public school. Um, but really, I mean, if that's like the, the big question that's keeping you, don't, you know, I mean, God will give you the strength to see it through. It's mostly just give these kids a home, like mm-hmm. give these kids a home and whatever little thing, whether it's homeschooling or having to put them in public school or whatever it is, God will help you in the moment of the need. 
Um, but I would say, you know, you can explore like if it is even possible. And, you know, once adoption was final, uh, the adoption was final on a Monday and Tuesday, I went down and filled out the paper to homeschool them. <laughs> so it was like, you oh, are no. done. <laughs> and that has been such a huge blessing to our life just to have them home. And at first they were like, I'm not going to homeschool. That's so nerdy and all these things. Now <laughs> they're like, mom, I had a nightmare last night that you made us go back to public school because they just love it. We can explore things that they want to learn. We, you know, we have this time in the Bible. We have all this time together. Yeah. Um, it has really been a blessing to our family. And you're helping their ACT scores in the middle of it all. That's true. Uh, yeah. I mean, nine points on some of those areas wow. uh, just in year of homeschooling. Wow. I love it. I love it. Trisha Goyer, woman, you are one of my heroes. I thank you so much for uh, for coming on the show. I got a question. Would you be willing to come back on Mailbox Monday? I got a question from a listener. I think you might be able to answer better than me. Of course, I would love it. All right. So everybody tune in on Monday. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and invite Trisha back and she's going to help me answer a question from a listener that I know is really going to encourage you whether you're in this situation or not. Um, we're going to give you the tools to help a mom who might be in crisis. Everybody have a really great weekend. I hope that you guys will consider the things that Trisha has said. And if God's tucking at your heart, listen to him because he wants to use your life for the kingdom. All right, you guys have a fantastic weekend and I will see you back here on Monday. <laughs>